Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallum. Today's guest is Sarah Conrad. You may know her as the current member of the American Council of the Blinds, or ACB's Board of Directors, and she's the host of Milestones. It's an ACB radio show where she interviews blind people who've achieved many milestones in their lives. Sarah had a tough beginning when, at 13 months old, she was diagnosed with an untreatable brain tumor that affected her optic nerves. Sarah lost most of the vision in her left eye and all the vision in her right eye. The tumor stabilized after three years of chemotherapy. The tumor and blindness have never kept Sarah from achieving her own big milestones. As a young girl, Sarah participated in numerous activities while attending school. They included performing plays and competing in singing competitions. While in college, as an undergraduate, Miss Conrad joined the American Council of the Blind. Sarah worked as both the secretary and the president of the American Council of Blind Students chapter in 2009 and 2010, and she was the youngest to participate in the ACB Walk for two years. Miss Conrad served her first term on the ACB Board of Directors from 2012 to 2016. Sarah now is in her second term on the board. She joins us to talk more about her future work with ACB and a little bit more about her amazing life. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. It's great having you here, too. Your website, sjconrad.weebly.com, says that you were diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor at 13 months old. Your optic nerves were involved with this. How did the brain cancer affect your vision? I am totally blind in my right eye, um, and I'm legally blind in my left eye. Um, I have a little bit of usable vision in my left eye, but no peripheral vision, just a, a pinpoint of vision. So, I have almost no peripheral vision either. When you were in school, though, you hopped into a full life in a number of school activities. Two of the activities were competing in vocal and instrumental competitions and performing in theatrical productions. Tell us more about these experiences and some of your best performances as a young blind artist. Sure. Um, I absolutely loved working in the performing arts um, throughout grade school. My proudest moment was uh, being selected as one of the top 12 high school vocal soloists in the state of Michigan my senior year of high school. Um, it was for opera performance, um, and I got to perform at the Michigan Youth Arts Festival. It's the, the top festival for vocal soloists in the state. Did you sing a little soprano? I did, for soprano all the way. <laughs> Bravo! It sounds like the crowd gave you lots of applause there. Your LinkedIn page and your website said that you decided that your major in college was going to be special education instead of music. You got your bachelor's degree in special education and teaching with two minors in integrated science education and mathematics from Calvin College in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Your website says that as an undergraduate, you worked with students with intellectual disabilities, some that had autism and some that even had Down syndrome. What did you love most about teaching special education and how did you speak out to conquer whatever challenges you faced? You know, teaching special education was so incredible. Students with special needs are so near and dear to my heart, and particularly students with intellectual disabilities. I found that working with students who often literally had no voice was just so empowering because I found ways to communicate with them even when they didn't maybe have the communication skills that sort of seemed normal in society. Um, I always found ways to include students in various activities and honestly, they taught me so much more than I taught them. They really taught me about the world and about abilities and about really the way I think um, people should interact with each other. And, and in terms of overcoming challenges, you know, working in special education as someone with a disability is great because it's, it's automatically a pretty inclusive environment. I always felt accepted as someone with a disability. My students didn't care that I had a difference. They accepted me, I accepted them, and it was just a, a really wonderful experience. Hey, there you go. During your undergraduate studies, you also discovered American Council of the Blind. Mm -hmm. What attracted you to ACB? First of all, it was a scholarship. I mean, you know, money always helps as a college student. So I, I, that was sort of the first thing that got me in the door. But immediately after that were the people, the relationships meeting people like Brenda Dillon, Rebecca Bridges, people who have inspired me, who have you know helped me along the way. I've made so many more friends along the way, Katie Frederick, Tiffany Jolliffe, and then have had so many my other um, fellow board members and my other leaders within the other affiliates who have continued to keep me there. And so it, it's the people, it's the relationships. And the big thing at ACB is people. In fact, you got right involved in ACB. You attended your first convention in Orlando in 2009. You were the youngest participant in the ACB walk. You were even elected the ACB students as secretary at the end of that convention. Mm -hmm. How did you speak out and just get welcomed? into the American Council of the Blind, I know you've mentioned people, in these responsible roles. The people welcomed me, but I also had to accept it, you know, and so um, I can remember back to my first uh, meeting with the student affiliate. Uh, they needed a, a note taker because their secretary couldn't attend convention at the last minute. And I said, hey, I, I, I take notes. I love taking notes. You know, of course, if you volunteer for one thing, you know, you get asked to do a lot more and that's great. And so I was asked to, to run for secretary by the end of the week and was happy to do that. And so, um, you know, it's about just kind of jumping right in. Um, it, it really is that two-way street. The organization has truly changed my life with that sense of belonging and with finding a way to identify as a woman with a disability. I really struggled with that. I think all college students struggle with identity and who you are and what you want to become and how you want to impact the world. And when you add a disability, that can be really challenging. But being a member of such a strong advocacy organization with such incredible people to kind of guide through that transition was truly life-changing for me. In 2010, you became the ACB Students' Organization's President. Mm -hmm. 
those three years of being in ACBS from 2010 to 2013 as president were incredible. What did you learn from being ACBS's president? Oh, I learned so much. I think the biggest thing that I learned was how important the board is to the president and, and how, how each member of a leadership team is so incredibly valuable. It's not a, a one-manship. It's all about how you help people to use their strengths and abilities to the best of their ability in leadership. And so such a huge part of being president for me was learning how to sort of discern where people's strengths and struggles were and how to put them into roles where they could shine, how they could maybe help each other with some of those areas that they struggled with, and ultimately to just become a really incredible board. And, and in the process of doing that, I noticed the value of being in community with your leaders. It's, it's not just about leadership, it's about community. And I have stayed close friends with all of my fellow officers in ACP students. And there's nothing more valuable than that to have those those relationships and to truly know that you made a difference in all of those people's lives. Be a helping hand. That mm -hmm. definitely works. I understand that under your leadership of ACBS, you mentored the scholarship winners, you added new members, you doubled the affiliates' finances, and you initiated a powerful presence where more students got involved in mm -hmm. ACB. How did you speak out to achieve this unprecedented major success? It was about gifts and talents of my board members as well. It was certainly not just about me. It couldn't just be done by one person. It was about figuring out where the strengths of not only the leaders, really, but the members. You know, it was, it was figuring out where people could shine and, you know, putting them into um, places where they could help the affiliate grow. It was reaching out to people who were kind of on the fringes and, and bringing them into the affiliate. And I think it was also about running for um, my first term on the board while I was still president of ACB students. It was, you know, kind of leading by example and, and trying to show students that, you know, young people really have a place in ACB and should have a place in ACB and just trying to encourage more and more young people to be involved. How did you fill in for the for the former member as ACB students' treasurer when the treasurer left? Um, I, I did need to step in and that was, boy, that was a challenge because I, I'm good at math, but I haven't really done much in terms of, uh, you know, finance. I, I never took any business classes and, um, you know, I, I didn't know all the lingo. Uh, so it was, it was definitely a learning experience for me. It was great to just kind of be, have to jump in and, and learn, um, and have to ask a lot of questions. And it was, I think, a, a good experience coming from, being president where, you know, I had to kind of facilitate a lot to being treasurer where I was kind of in a different leadership role and where I had to facilitate different things and, and organize with different people. I definitely relied upon the expertise of those in the Minneapolis office and my fellow leaders to help me along the way. And uh, it was a really humbling experience. Hey, Minneapolis. That was the site of this year's ACB convention. You finally came to ACB's very own board of directors in 2012. How did you decide to run for that board? 
I heard that former ACB member, Brenda Dillon, gave you a very special phone call. She sure did. I remember it very well. She uh, gave me a call in her sweet southern voice and said, Sarah, I have an idea for you. Okay, Brenda, what idea? What what is this? And of course, if Brenda had an idea, you knew she she wanted to, you know, volunteer you for something. You know, you you knew that wasn't just an idea. But she said, I think you need to be on the board. And I said, well, why? And she said, we need young people to be stepping up. We need young people to change the image of what ACB thinks about young people. And you're the girl to do it. I said, oh, Brenda, I don't know. I don't know, and I, I, I didn't believe her for a while, but Brenda uh, was <laughs> such a, a tenacious person, and, uh, and, and she, she got me to really think about what I could do on the board, and, and she got me to think about what role I could play in leading by example, got me to ask some of the difficult questions involved in you know, deciding to run. Do I have the time? Do I have the finances? Do I have the abilities to make a conscious decision? To run for the board and she helped kind of walk me through all those and um, helped me make that decision and uh, I will be forever grateful that she sort of saw that in me when I didn't see that in myself. Yeah and the memorial walk at each year's ACB convention is named in her honor. To win your votes for the position you used Hershey's hugs as a model. <laughs> candy, yes. yes candy. That model focused on embracing ACB's future by focusing on the younger members. Tell us more about that model, using these little pieces of Hershey's candy, and how that helped you win your first seat on ACB's board of directors. Well, I gotta say, that was Brenda's idea, too. Uh, she uh, encouraged me to sort of embrace the idea of doing something cute, because being young, you can get away with that. So. Uh, <laughs> that was, that, that was her idea. And I said, Hey, you know, if you want to be my campaign manager, you go for it, Brenda. So, um, I, I did, I, I railed and, and did large print little cards that said embrace the future with the hugs on them and passed them out that year. And yeah, what I really wanted to express in, in the various caucuses and when I was passing this out was I hoped that ACB and, and I've seen this come to be true in, in a lot of aspects. I, I wanted ACB to embrace the future of change, of possibility, embrace the possibility of, of younger leaders who are going to eventually take on the roles that our current leaders have. You know, we say children are the future, and, and that's true. And there aren't a lot of young people in our organization, and they, there were far fewer four years ago. And that we have to continue to encourage young people, and one of the ways to do that is by getting a younger voice on the board. And so I really wanted to encourage ACB to support me and help me to do that. Those Hershey's hugs are making me hungry. And ever <laughs> since being on ACB's board of directors, you've offered some valuable insights in terms of how certain ideas and decisions might impact younger ACB members. You've engaged in some discussions in and out of the meetings with your colleagues to find ways to include people of all ages in ACB. You've traveled across the U.S. to all the state conventions. Then you presented information about recruiting younger members, their overall involvement in the American Council of the Blind, and the importance of self-advocacy. That was one important lesson I learned in high school. Tell us more about these activities and the message that you share. 
Sure. Yeah. Attending state conventions has been such an incredible opportunity that has come with being on the board. There's nothing better than getting to really meet our members where they are. I mean, our national convention is awesome when we all come together, but it's so cool to see the different sort of cultures of each affiliate in their states um, and to see how each each affiliate is unique, how they thrive in their own way. I have been so passionate about helping affiliates to think about how they can encourage young people in their local areas um, to be involved. And, and that's going to look different in different areas. It, it's going to look different if you're in a rural area versus a city. It's also going to look different if you you know, are, are in the South versus on the West Coast, perhaps, because, you know, sometimes the, de- the activities look different and, and not every young person is the same. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And I think people were um, originally looking for whatever the answer was to get young people, that there was sort of one magic answer. And I have tried to really encourage them and educate them that it, it's not a one-size-fits-all, that it has to be sort of tailored to the people in your community. In 2016, you decided to serve on your second term on the American Council of the Blind's Board of Directors. You were elected to your second term at this year's ACB convention in Minneapolis. You campaigned with the candy Smarties as a model this time. Why did you do this and how did it work with the fruity candy? So um, I used the word SMART as an acronym um, for the things that I wanted to continue to bring to ACB as a leader. I used it on my campaign website and in my conversations with people. S stood for strength um, because I I grew so much in my confidence over the um, four years in my first term. I had to learn a lot uh, about the inner workings of ACB, had to learn a a lot about myself as a leader, um, as a listener, as a speaker, I just felt that I, I grew so much in my strength and my ability to lead people in that. M stood for multicultural. I felt that I really bring diversity to our board. As someone with partial vision, um, there really aren't a lot of board members who have some usable vision, even though a lot of our members have some usable vision, um, especially the aging population. And also as a young person, of course, adding sort of that multicultural flair to our board. A really standing for analytical. And this is something that has really shown up in the past year. I've noticed that law school has strengthened my abilities in leadership, but my leadership opportunities have also really strengthened my abilities in school. And so just my ability to problem solve and really work with people and collaborate to work for the betterment of ACB um, are being for relational. Um, that I, I, I value the relationships um, really above all else in ACB, um, that I try to be a friend to every single um, member that we have. And then T for tenacity, that I am so determined and motivated to always get the job done, to do whatever it takes to support our members. I think you fill that acronym perfectly. Um, and, and help so many people. That's very good. Now, when you get out of law school, what law do you want to practice? Um, I don't know exactly what it will look like, but like I said, I'm hoping to do something in special education law and policy. Um, so whether that's working for a government agency or working for a nonprofit, um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but 
like I said, I, I always go back to um, the the students that I worked with in in, in special education. Um, so I, I'd like to do something large scale policy wise that um, can support those families um, because I I recognize the needs as a teacher. Um, I feel like I have the understanding from the educational side of things. Um, I think too many of our policymakers are people who haven't necessarily thought about the teacher's perspective, the parent's perspective, the principal's perspective, um, the kid's perspective, most of all. Um, and and I, I think um, I, I'd really like to use that sort of perceptive um, nature um, that I love so much about special education in that work. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I mean, just thank you so much for having me. Um, it's such a blessing to be a part of ACB and, and to be a part of the ACB radio family. And um, I hope uh, that others feel encouraged to jump in and lead um, in big and small ways in, in their affiliates and in ACB um, as a whole. I know it can be challenging, it can be daunting, um, there, there are lots of things pulling, um, pulling at you for your time, um, but I can guarantee if, if you make the investment in ACB, it, it's, it's worth it. It's, it's a place to belong and it will, it will help you in all those other areas. So thanks so much for having me on the show, Brian. You're very welcome. And we're going to put a little bit of info, your contact info, a little bit more about yourself and sure. this little area where they can access milestones as well. Sarah, you're the magic key to bringing in new members to ACB and advocating for the rights of all blind people. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind, or Speak Out for the Blind. You can always check out my show website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. The show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash the dash blind. Please note there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Have you ever wanted to change the world? I just generally want to, you know, make life easier for people. Have you ever wanted to change yourself? I had to be willing to accept help when I needed it and 
instead of thinking I can do everything on my own. Are you trying to make a difference? There's no reason that you as a blind person is any different from a sighted person. We're proud to announce a new series on Milestones called Successful Scholars, highlighting an ACB scholarship winner each week. They will inspire you. If something doesn't work at a particular time, don't walk away from it. Just kind of come at it from a different angle. They will challenge you. You know, show them that they're wrong. Just go out and do what they say you can't do. They will motivate you. I'm a servant. I have to advocate for myself because no one else knows what I need but me. They will change the world with you. Sometimes I think it's easy to feel like you need to give up because things are getting really hard, but just take a step back and think about how far you've come. Tune in every Wednesday on ACB Radio Mainstream at 9 p.m. Eastern. For more information, go to acbmilestones.weebly.com. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs. You're listening to American Council for the Blind Radio. What is the blind? 